You're listening to Holistic Health Monthly, bonus number two of the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast, Rebellion and Expectations, with a special Q&A by Dr. Tyler Schwanz. Prosper, flourish, bloom with your people, your close-knit group, your clan, straight out of area code 419 with the most cutting-edge, controversial, and enlightening information from the most knowledgeable experts in everything, mind, body, and soul. Welcome to the Thrive Tribe 419 Podcast. I'm your host, Rose Hollow. Hello, tribe. Hello, rebels. Hello, questioners. Hello, obligers. Hello, upholders. This episode is inspired by Gretchen Rubin's new book, The Four Tendencies, the indispensable personality profiles that reveal how to make your life better and other people's lives better too. And I just read this book pretty much from cover to cover. It was so fascinating and... um, I thought I just have to do a podcast episode on this because I learned so much about myself, about my husband, about my daughter, and maybe about a few other people in my life that I'm not going to mention here, (laughs) Um, and how we interact with each other and respond to expectations, and um, this, this book was just so cool. Um, I totally geeked out on it, and now I want to geek out on it with you. And my co-host tonight is my husband, Matt, again. And he is a licensed professional clinical counselor. hope I got that right. <laughs> and um, we're going to be talking about all of this. Also, um, we did another Q&A like we did in our last Holistic Health Monthly. And this time, Dr. Tyler Schwanz from Rebel Chiropractic, how appropriate, was our victim, and we asked him some questions about chiropractic care and about what he does, and um, how perfect that it happened to be when we're talking about the four tendencies. So I hope you all enjoy this episode. But before we get started, like usual, I have a couple of announcements. First of all, I am so glad that you have decided to push play on this episode and listen. It means the world to me to know that people out there are taking time for themselves to work on their bodies, their minds, their spirits, and um, learn something new. Maybe challenge yourself, challenge uh, your beliefs, challenge what you think you know, and um, maybe learn something new. And to really help yourself grow and be the biggest and boldest and best version of yourself that you can possibly be. Um, Secondly, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. So I'm going to give away my copy of The Four Tendencies. Um, This is hard for me to do because I love this book, but I want to gift it to one of you. So what we're going to do is... When you're done listening to this episode, I would like you to go and leave a review on iTunes. Now, I know that some of you have already left a review on iTunes, and I thank you so much. But for those who have not, if this is you, um, would you please consider going and leaving us a five-star review if you think that we're worthy of it? And um, 
just writing a couple of sentences and then um, we will choose one of our reviews reviewers to um, receive this book so um, please go and do that if you need a link you can go to our website it's www.thrivetribe and the letters 419.com and just click on the review button on our homepage. There's a little star with the word review. So you just click on that and that will take you directly into Apple iTunes. Or maybe they're calling it Apple Podcasts now. I'm not sure. But um, it'll take you directly into there. And if you don't have an account, you can set one up. And then um, you just leave a leave a little two-sentence review. And please let us know what you thought of this episode. And... Um, you could be getting my copy of The Four Tendencies in your mailbox. So thank you, thank you for that. The next thing I want to talk to you all about is our holistic health fair that is coming up on April 14th. And I'm so excited because this thing has grown like a giant weed, uh, the most beautiful weed. And I have had to make a little bit of extra space on our fair floor. I've had to extend our presentation times because we have so many people participating in this. This is going to be so much fun. So mark your calendars for Saturday, April 14th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at St. John United Church of Christ on 950 Webster Street in Defiance, Ohio. That's on the campus of Defiance College. And our presentations are going to include, um, starting off our day will be Sherry Stanfa Stanley, who has been on this podcast before, and she'll be talking about her book, Finding My Badass Self, and she will be challenging all of you to um, find your badass selves by... um, doing an unbucket list and I'm not going to tell you any more about it you just have to come see her and that'll be at 10:15 that is a free presentation for anyone to um, attend and then you can um, purchase one of her books if you would like and have it signed and talk to her and it's a lot of fun after that each presentation will be five dollars on the hour we have emotional freedom techniques we'll have cooking real food non-toxic cleaner DIY low inflammation diet and how to read labels, hypothalamus reset, and my microbes made me do it. So each one of those presentations is $5. Now entrance to the fair itself and the fair floor and all our vendors is completely free. So if you would like to come and just walk around and check things out, you are more than welcome to do that. We would love to have you. I would love to talk to you. I'll be doing some on-spot, on-the-spot um, interviews that day. So we will have a live from the Holistic Health Fair episode later on and you could be a part of that um also in the fair that day out on the fair floor we will have my husband who does emotional freedom techniques tapping he will be there with his business deep roots wellness um my mother lynette lynette height meyer goodness i don't know why i can't say that today she's my mom um She's there representing her business, Immaculate Marriages, and um, she's a supporter of this podcast as well. We're going to have Ashley Short, who does pregnancy and birth photography, and she is also a doula. We're going to have a breast 
feeding lounge and a lactation consultant from the Prometica uh, Supermoms Breastfeeding Group, which is a great group that I've been a part of. Um, here in Defiance. We're going to have Brooke Gordon from Beetroot. We are um, going to have Mrs. Brown's homemade uh, bath and body products. We're going to have Crossroads Kombucha, uh, the Weston A. Price Foundation Toledo chapter. We are planning to have a massage therapist there. Uh, we're going to have Danielle Small from Naturally Simplified. Stacy Stevens, a friend of mine who is a health coach. Um, of course, Sherry Stanfa Stanley, the author, is going to be there. Um, St. John UCC is going to have a booth with Equal Exchange Fair Trade Coffee and Tea. We are having Jenny Flagar, who is an integrative doctor. Um, she's opening her own practice called Flag Med in Maumee. She's going to be there, and she's she's very cool. Um, and a lot of these people have been on the podcast, so you might want to check out some of our other podcasts after you listen to this and um, listen to some of these people. They're they're um, they're good. All these people know their stuff, and um, some they are some of my favorite people. Um, also, we're going to have a chiropractor there. Uh, we're having Lucy Coppas, who does aroma freedom technique. Um, I'm planning to have her on the podcast pretty soon. And we have another naturopathic doctor coming from Bassett's Health Food Store in Toledo. So, um, And there, there are a couple others that I'm waiting to hear from that I think we're going to add to our list. So that is a whole bunch of information in one place. I'm so excited. Um, so I hope you all can make it. Again, that is at St. John UCC on the Defiance College campus on April 14th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Please come out and join us. We are striving to be disability friendly. Um, we're striving to be sensory friendly. And um, I hope nothing stops you from coming out and uh, learning more about these great services and people that we have in our community. So let's get started talking about the four tendencies. Hey, Matt. Hey, Rose. <laughs> so Matt and I, actually, we go out on a date once a month. We put it on the calendar. And um, this past month, we sat down and kind of read about each other's tendencies and discussed them and Matt actually took the quiz I had already taken it and of course I already knew what his tendency was but I let him take the quiz honest to goodness and it was exactly what I thought it was nerdiest date ever <laughs> it was fun it was fun we had drinks we ate some chocolate <laughs> we talked about our tendencies like real nerds do real nerds in love <laughs> So, do you do you want to talk about your tendency first? It's up to you. <laughs> because why? Why is why is it up to me? <laughs> why are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that gives us kind of a a little bit of a clue to how this went down. So, so my tendency was is is an obliger. So, um, basically, my understanding of, of being an, an obliger, well, the way it's written in here, it says, 
meets outer expectations and resists inner expectations. So basically saying uh, you can you can count on me and I'm counting on you to count on me. Is that uh-huh. so that's basically it. Um, and that's that that's fairly true and I know that that's true in our relationship that I tend mm-hmm. to be one who will do what needs to be done. Um, don't like to let anybody down. Don't like to uh, allow other people's expectations to go kind of unmet. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that's fairly fairly accurate? Oh, very accurate, yes. So, and I think yeah. that's what makes you a good therapist is that you right. are you're so externally motivated that you are you are motivated to help people. Right. It, it's you're. I guess the way I would put it is you're internally motivated to meet the external needs of other people uh, or external needs outside of yourself. Um, so, And you do better when other people express what their needs are because right. then you know what you're striving for. Right. Yeah, because then you can, I can better help them with whatever it is that they need um, if they don't really express those things and it makes it a little... A little more difficult makes it kind of a moving target. Right. So I think it's kind of funny, too, because that can lead to a little bit of, like, passive aggression. Because if you, if you, if somebody has an expectation for you and you mm-hmm. don't want to do it. Which happens, you know, because there's going to be times where, <laughs> you know, you want to make other people happy and you want to people please but there are just times when you're not feeling it, when you're not wanting to do the thing that they may be proposing to you or expecting of you. Right. So you might be sabotaging by procrastinating or finding like reasons not to do it. And those are probably the only times when you don't show up on time is when you don't really want to do it, but you show up anyway because somebody else is expecting you to do to, to right. be there. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that about you, but... Um, I, there's a term that they use in there. I believe it was, like, ob- obliger revolt or something to that yeah. effect. Yeah, well, there's a t-shirt in here that says, Hey, sorry I'm late. I didn't want to come. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I could I could definitely rock that one at times. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, most most of the time I'm I'm down for it, but... You know, in our relationship, there's there's certainly times where just not just not wanting to do it, but I'm also not wanting to disappoint either. Right. Um, and I think that's so helpful to understand that about you because when I read this book, I right away I knew you were an obliger. I was like, oh wow, this is so mad. But reading it, there there are so many great positive qualities, but there are some that are a little bit harder to deal with. But it it helped me understand you better, so mm-hmm. much better. Um, and also learning that it's easy to take advantage of an obliger, which I don't want to do because I, I have to really be careful to not say like, oh, I want this or I want that because you will go to great lengths to try to do that for me at the detriment to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't want I don't want to take advantage of that. Right. But also I know that if you need some motivation to meet a goal, if I sometimes I think, well, I don't want to like 
nag him about it but actually you thrive on nagging like you actually are a person that (laughs) that is motivated by not well you know what i mean by reminders by saying yeah i want you to do this because i care about you and you're like okay i'll do it but you wouldn't necessarily do it for yourself even though it's beneficial for you because you would rather do something for somebody else but if you're doing something for yourself that's for me Mm -hmm. Like, I want you to um, do yoga today because you look stiff, and it would make me feel so good. You're like, okay. Whereas if I would say, you need to take self-care time, you'd be like, no, (laughs) I want to take care of other people. Well, yeah, and and to go back to your earlier point, it's... Saying that I thrive on nagging is is a strong <laughs> statement. Um, I don't know if thri- I don't know if that's what makes me thrive in the four one nine, but I think that having reminders. reminders of like, hey, this is a goal that you want to meet, and I want you to meet it also. Right. I think that would be a good idea. Um, helps because, um, admittedly, I, I have great difficulty in procrastination on my own goals that sort of suit my own ends I don't I don't I don't take the time to do that I'll find other things to distract myself or oblige other things right so here are some things that Gretchen Rubin talks about for um obliger tendencies um strengths and weaknesses um well let me just read these quotes um you can count on me and i'm counting on you to count on me Um, by serving others i serve myself if i have to i will if i want to i won't (laughs) i'll do anything you ask until i won't you need an outside commitment for everything even to spend time with ourselves um say hence the hence the having the scheduled dates right yeah. Say yes to less. Um, I have a long wick with a quick burn. Treat yourself <laughs> as you treat others. How can I be of service to you? I don't want to, but I will anyway. And all for one and one for all. So those are things that an obliger would say. And then isn't there like a secondary quality that's kind of like your second highest Correct. So, yeah, when you're taking the quiz for this, you get a... Most people get, like, a main tendency, and then you get a secondary tendency as well. Um, I don't think we really have time to go into your secondary tendency in this conversation, but that is good to note that Mm -hmm. um, you get a primary, and then you you can get um, a secondary kind of create some nuances in your personality right you can go either like you can the pendulum can swing really far left or really far right with any of these tendencies Um, but in the book she talks about how most people tend to fall pretty squarely into one of these tendencies um with a little wiggle room so so let's talk about my tendency do you you want to talk about my tendency if you want to (laughs) do you want to talk about it okay first of all i hate talking about myself and i think that this totally fits me because i'm a questioner (laughs) (laughs) so a questioner is 
Um, I'll comply if you convince me why. The questioner resists outer expectations and meets inner expectations. So again, in, a, in our relationship, it's pretty much always about me, I guess, because it's whatever I want, I'm going to do, and whatever I want, you're going to do. <laughs> so I think I'm this coming out on top This here. is working out really well for you. <laughs> this is why we get along so well, because we both want the same thing, whatever I want. <laughs> Would you say that's correct? <laughs> Well, and, and that just kind of brings up a, a good point, which is, you know, if, you, if you're in a relationship, it, it's, it is a lot of fun to figure out what these, these tendencies are for each other and kind mm-hmm. of have fun with it and use it, use it to, like, kind of call each other out in ways. Oh, and, yeah, we've been doing that a lot right? lately. So it, it's, it, you can kind of be silly with it, and, but it's, at the, you know, you're always kind of, I don't know. You're you're having fun, but you're not taking it yourself too seriously. Um, so yeah, and you're definitely a questioner because you're you're always kind of asking why something is a certain way. Even if mm-hmm. like I might think something is like, well, this is how it is. You know, this is, and then you're like, well, why? And I'm like, oh, so I need to like go do some research now. Yeah, I'm the total researcher. And I don't like to be questioned is the funny part. That's why I'm the interviewer Mm -hmm. and not the interviewee. I do not like being interviewed. I like to interview. And I don't like to be questioned. Once I make a decision about something, I don't like to be questioned. Because I put so much effort into researching things Mm -hmm. that when somebody asks, well, why did you do that? I'm like... Oh, okay, let me get out all my encyclopedias of information here and ha- explain to you why. Or you can just yeah. take my word for it. <laughs> I, I've, I've stepped on that line, landline before, <laughs> and it's not fun. It's like, I'll be like, so what's up with this? And you're like... <laughs> just trust the me. The sound of the head of exploding. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's my own frustration because it's like when I really want to know the answer to something... I I put so much effort into looking at all sides of things and mm-hmm. looking up the latest research and asking people questions and putting together my own very nuanced and complex ideas surrounding something. So then when somebody asks me, why don't you, like, what's wrong with feeding your, your kid gluten? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Just take my word for it, because if I really get into like you don't you don't want to go there with me because <laughs> it's the the answer to that to me is so complicated and so complex, and I want everybody else to understand it the way that I do, and I know that's gonna be so hard to do that it's just like so frustrating to me, so I would rather be the questioner <laughs> you do have questioners in your family that really push your buttons. Yes. About some of those because, things. Right. Because they're questioners too. Right. You come from a long line of proud questioners. I do. Yes. <laughs> proud questioners. Well, my brother has a podcast and he's kind of the same way, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of where I was going with that. <laughs> right. So a questioner, 
all of you listening, questioners are data-driven, um, fair-minded according to his or her judgment, interested in creating systems that are efficient and effective, willing to play devil's advocate, comfortable bucking the system if it's warranted, interdirected, unwilling to accept authority without justification, um, and then weaknesses. We can suffer analysis paralysis. Yeah, definitely. Um, impatient with what he or she sees as others' complacency. <laughs> <laughs> Crackpot potential. Yeah, even crazy cat lady potential. Um, <laughs> that's not in the book. I just threw that in there. Um, unable to accept closure on matters that others consider settled if questions remain unanswered. Uh, may refuse to observe expectations that others find fair or at least non-optional like traffic regulations if it doesn't make sense to me i don't do it um may resist answering other people's questions so that's a big one there you go that's me so what's it like living with a questioner as an <laughs> obliger well the what you couldn't hear during that was was the sound of my head nodding vigorously during <laughs> during, during that um it you know, there, there's certainly okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to give you a non-obliging a- answer. Okay, it's gonna be hard. Um, I think it's really awesome to see somebody who is so dedicated to researching things to the nth degree, but it's also very difficult to kind of come in if I'm if I'm not doing that research with you and like every step of the way, then that is seen as sort of a that's a that's a non-starter <laughs> like there's no there's no jumping in and say hey what about this and it's like well you you need to do this too like you know you need to be where i'm at with mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. because i'm not going to try to explain this that's the the complacency thing that questioners can't deal with right and and complacency is one of my uh it's one of my things. So, And that is usually where we get hung up mm-hmm. is on that kind of stuff. And that's why I just think this book is so fascinating because it's like, whoa, that's, yeah. And and there are chapters in this book about, you know, like, how does how this... along with each other. Yeah, like, obligers and um, questioners, you know, coming together. How does that work? And all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's fascinating. Um but we're going to change gears here for just a minute, and we're going to go to our first question for Dr. Tyler. All right, so another one of the tendencies is the rebel tendency, and I think mm-hmm. it's so fitting that Dr. Tyler was our Q&A expert for this episode because he is the epitome of a rebel. I mean, he, it's in his business name, and um, his logo is a buffalo. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that's about? The buffalo? No, I don't. Well, I asked him that question. This question was You actually... asked him a question? No way. <laughs> <laughs> this actually was my question for him um, about the buffalo. I'm like, so, so what's with the buffalo? So this is really interesting, you guys. I, I learned something here. He says, we picked the buffalo for our logo for two reasons, one of local significance and one of ideological. Historically, our Native American tribes would meet on a small island in the Maumee River that they would call the Rock of the Buffalo. 
Waterville, where, where his business is located, still resonates with that allusion to the buffalo and historical importance. Ideologically, the Plains Native American tribes would tell a story about buffalo and the difference between the bison and the cattle. As the story goes, when the storm comes up over the mountains, the cattle on the plains would run in the opposite direction, fearful of the storm. They allow fear to dictate the direction of their lives. Buffalo, in contrast, will run into the storm um, in the opposite direction that the storm is going and push through the challenge faster than they would have had they stayed put or tried to run away. Buffalo do not let fear dictate the direction of their lives, and we teach that to our patients, um, that they shouldn't do that either. They should push through pain and disappointment and hopelessness to a point where they can start taking such good care of their bodies that they emerge on the other side of their storms. Sometimes they emerge physically transformed, other times emotionally or spiritually. The key is that they chose their traje trajectory and that um, Rebel Chiropractic is there to help them. So um, he says, I hope that answers the question as to the importance of the buffalo to our practice and um, to his life. Okay, so I think that um, <laughs> that's pretty cool. And it ties in perfectly to where I want to go with this conversation next, which is about our daughter, the rebel. Yes. And, or we could just call her the buffalo. <laughs> which the rebel I think buffalo? Is, it's really a great way to reframe that because mm -hmm. an obliger and a questioner living with a rebel, I think, is like the perfect storm. And, mm -hmm. um,. Yes, she is a spirited child, and I. It, it's hard to... I When I did the quiz, I wasn't sure how to answer a lot of the questions in the quiz for her, so I didn't mm -hmm. get a definite answer on this. But from reading about the rebel in this book, I feel like she meets that criteria. Um, so... Let me read about the rebel. The rebel resists outer expectations and resists inner expectations. <laughs> um, you can't make me, and neither can I. So this was kind of the key phrase that caught my attention. Um, it's so hard when I have to, and so easy when I want to. Um, that just screams our daughter <laughs> it's so easy when she wants to and it's so hard when she doesn't want to oh yeah and i think a lot of kids are like this but um according to this book like you your tendency tends to be lifelong mm -hmm. um even though you can swing one way or the other you still tend to stay rooted so i i am curious if this is the proper label i guess to place on her as being right. a rebel at this point, but it does help me kind of understand her and how she functions, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, um, I even made some notes in my journal here about, because they have a section uh, about dealing with rebel children, and I thought this was really good advice, and I kind of tried it with her, and 
it, it did click a little bit. So the advice for dealing with rebel children is three steps. Um, it is to give them information, um, give them the consequences of that information, and then give them a choice. And you have to let the child make the decision without telling her what decision to make. But you have to make sure that you, you give her enough information. You know, she's five, almost six, so it's mm. got to be something they can understand. But you say, um, okay, so here's your meal, and you have vegetables on your plate. And um, we like to eat our vegetables because they help us grow up healthy and strong, and then we can go do things like go on vacation and... Mm -hmm. um, go tubing in the summer and go swimming and do all these things. And if you don't eat your vegetables, you might not be as strong and healthy to do those things. So um, here's your vegetables and you can choose whether or not to eat them. The, the choice is yours. And you, <laughs> when you give her the choice, you also have to be willing to take whatever answer she gives or whatever decision. And I, I found that um, you only want to use that example in times where you're okay with it mm -hmm. being up to them. So it would never be a, a case where it's like um, jeopardizing someone's safety or right. um, immediate health or something like that. You know, eating your vegetables on your plate one night, it, it's not going to make a difference. Being hit by a car on the street, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a different story. That's why we don't play in the street, end of story, period. <laughs> right. And I found that being kind of <coughs> the obliger, uh, some of, you know, I have to be careful the way I ask things, you know, to set up that kind of a situation because uh, I may, I may offer choices th that uh, I'm not, I'm not okay with, you know, if she says no to it, if I just say, hey, um, will you help me uh, set the table? And she's like, no. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess I'm doing it then. Because, and, right. you know, that's, so that's, um, that's one way that I found, like, you, sometimes you have to kind of adjust that a little bit. Right. And the other thing that Gretchen Rubin mentions in here for children is that when they have an audience, they're more likely to rebel against perceived expectations mm -hmm. so if you if someone in the room feels very emotional about whether or not she eats the vegetables on her plate she will probably say no mm -hmm. because that's just the way that that resonates with that tendency okay for children so yeah something to keep in mind so if anybody out there thinks that you have a rebel child um, give them information, let them know the consequences, natural consequences, um, and then let them make the choice. And give them some space to make that choice without hovering over them so that they can really think about it. If they're given a little time and um, space to really consider the consequences, then they're going to be more likely to make a decision based on what they think is right versus... Um, just wanting to do the opposite of what everybody else wants. Mr. Therapist, what do you think of that advice? <laughs> uh, 
sounds pretty good, and I, I think it takes um, takes some experimenting and a little bit of bravery to to give that space. Um, I know we tend to be very hands-on parents, and the the idea of of giving space and letting them choose things is you know can be challenging sometimes, and and sometimes you're like like I said earlier, you're going to give them choice. You you may not formulate the choices as uh, helpfully as as you might want to, or you may not provide the, the choices that um, you're okay with. Um, you, I know for me, sometimes I have to be careful of um, not creating a choice that makes my life more difficult, or you know takes away something that I kind of want to do. Like hey, if you you know, if you if you know if you keep uh, yelling, then we're not going to go do this fun thing. Well, secretly, I want to go do the fun thing too. So <laughs> I have to be careful of of not offering you know putting that out there as a choice or a consequence, because like then when I'm either going to be disappointed if she doesn't do make the correct choice, or um, I'm going to just kind of show that I'm not. I'm not uh, um, uh, following, backing up what, I, what I'm what i saying is going to happen. Right, and the reverse, too. Which creates more rebel behavior. Right, and the reverse, too, of how we punish ourselves as parents is, like, offering bribes mm-hmm. that maybe we don't really want to give them. So then they, like, do what we say that they're, you know, we offer something really great, and then we have to follow through, and we're like, oh, man, why did I offer that? Like, that's... Too expensive, too time-consuming. Like, too much sugar. Yeah, like, oh, why did I do that? So you have to watch that, too. And I, I know I'm guilty of doing that sure. once in a while. But it's like you, you get so wrapped up in the moment, and we put so much weight and value on these little things that sometimes I think we need to step back and just be like, we need to pick our battles. Like, what's the long-term goal here? The long-term goal is that I have an alive child <laughs> who is... Feels empowered, feels healthy and good in her own skin, you know, has um, enough education and enough self-care abilities to go out and take care of herself in the world and hopefully Mm -hmm. contribute to society. I mean, like, sometimes you have to look at the end goal. So is eating this little pile of peas on her plate right now really going to make or break anything? Is it really as important as the anxiety that we're placing on this and therefore giving her a reason to rebel so yeah sometimes you just have to step back and that's that's hard to do but something to keep in mind anyway right absolutely (laughs) all right so we're gonna change gears here again and um this next question for dr tyler was something that um a couple people asked and I've heard other people ask this before as well in different settings. When I tell people I go to the chiropractor, they always say, what is that neck cracking thing? Like, I don't like to go to the chiropractor because of the neck cracking. Um, why Why do they twist the neck? Why do they crack the neck? Does it have to be done? Can it be done a different way? Is that really safe? It doesn't seem safe. It's scary. It's gross. You know, all these things. So... It's one of my favorite parts. I know it's my favorite I, part I feel like too. <laughs> stuff is getting done. 
Yes, and I feel so much better afterward. I feel lighter. I feel aligned. I, you know, I feel like I've had a cup of coffee without actually drinking coffee, um, without, you know, like the buzz and the crash. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I have chronic headaches, so um, I love having my neck adjusted because it instantly relieves my headaches. But anyway, this is what Dr. Tyler said. He, he said that this subject could be an entire episode. Um, he'll break it down and answer this multi-part question in the order that it was asked. So what is the neck cracking? The non-lay term for neck cracking is cavitation. When, joint ca- when a joint cavitates, you're hearing dissolved gases within the synovial fluid of the joints being compressed and being released, which makes a noise. It's worth mentioning that the cavitation is not the adjustment and that the noise does not have to occur for the adjustment to happen. They often are confused with being synonymous, but they are not. I would argue that the best chiropractic adjustments of the cervical vertebra are ones that make minimal noise and remain specific to a singular spinal level. So why twist the neck? Um, He says, trying to put all chiropractors into a single category would be like trying to place 300 people in a room who know cursive and ask them each to write the same sentence. Odds are, even though they all know the same technique for writing, their styles will vary greatly. Some chiropractors lay the patient on their back and will rotate the neck for their style of adjustment. The Gonstead technique is the technique that we use in our office to adjust And using said technique, the patient sits upright for the entire adjustment. There is no rotation or twisting of the neck. The vertebrae has misaligned posteriorward or backward, and the Gonstead chiropractor adjusts the bone forward to take the pressure from the impinged nerves. From an observer's perspective, the patient's nose should simply move straight upward during a Gonstead adjustment, Um, which requires no twisting whatsoever. Um, To the question, can this be done in a different way? Yes, it most certainly can. If you don't wish to hear a sound, there are techniques designed to not do that. The flip side is that it often requires many more visits to achieve a similar change, which can be expensive in a world where insurance visits at a copayment rate are not unlimited. We believe that the Gonstead adjustment is the perfect compromise between doing a ton of good work at each visit and also providing a level of specificity that never could damage the spinal tissue when done properly. So is this safe? Yes, and if you believe me to be biased, just take a look at my malpractice insurance payment. To compare the relative risk to getting orthopedic surgery for a similar condition, the orthopedic surgeon's malpractice insurance premium will be much higher than the chiropractor's since the relative risk of what they do is so much higher. For this reason, I recommend that people try chiropractic first as it's a minimal risk with large opportunity for correction without any sort of invasive procedures. I cannot speak for all rotational chiropractic adjustments across the board, but I can speak for the Gonstead adjustment, which is designed for absolute safety. 
when administered by a Gonstead chiropractor who has been trained to identify red flags and risk factors in a potential patient, you should have no worries about having your neck adjusted properly. Okay, so we're going to switch gears again. And um, I would like to talk about something that I think goes with this topic really well. It's called the divine alignment test to make sure you're impeccably aligned. Um, so this works, in my opinion, <laughs> my professional podcaster <laughs> opinion, um, I, I think this would test this would work for all four tendencies talked about in Gretchen Rubin's book. Um, I know we talked about re rebels, obligers, and questioners, and the other tendency is uh, the upholder. So real quick, um, the upholder says, discipline is my freedom. Um, they meet outer expectations and they meet inner expectations. So if you think that might be you, um, this could apply to you too. So this is by Amy Allers, who is a life coach, and Lissa Rankin, who is a medical doctor, who is um, now also a life coach. Um, so this is a little quiz, and if you want to grab a piece of paper and a pen, if you're not driving in the car or something, <laughs> um, just pause the the uh, podcast right now and grab a, a pen and a piece of paper because I think this is um, very insightful and maybe could help you. Okay, are, are you ready? All right. If you don't have your paper and pen, you can just think about this because I, either way, it's going to be helpful. Okay, so number one, we're talking about desires. Does this desire belong to me? So we're talking about expectations. We think of something that you desire. Now think about who who wants this? Is it you or is it somebody around you? Somebody in your life that's expecting this? Is it somebody on social media? Is it somebody in your family? Um, is it someone at work? Who does your desire belong to? Okay, number two. Do you want to pursue this desire? Really think about that. Mm -hmm. I always say, is it a hell yes or is it a hell no? <laughs> right. Or if you're an obliger, sometimes it's, well, what do you think? <laughs> I guess. It's the, the Eeyore, I mm. guess, if I have to. But that not is that not... Matters. That's yeah. not it. That is not an acceptable answer here. Mm -hmm. Is this something that you want? Okay. Number three. Do you believe you can create this? Can you create this desire? Because hmm. it's not going to happen if you don't believe it. This is what all the life coaches talk about is that belief your belief system and all that uh self-sabotage self-sabotaging and um all those um you know those inner beliefs those are the things that the, that's the reason that people don't reach their goals you can you can follow any method there are lots of methods out there prescriptions that work and i'm not talking about drugs i'm talking about ways of achieving goals paths mm -hmm to follow, steps to follow. 
But if you don't really believe you can do it, it's not going to happen. No path is going to take you to your to your destination, your your um your goal. Your goal, yeah. Um to add to this, does this desire, does this expectation bring you a feeling of fun? A feeling of freedom, a feeling of ease, or joy, or happiness, or peace. If it doesn't, maybe this isn't for you. Okay, number four. Is now the time to do this? Is this the divine time? So I hope you all took a minute to think about these things and write them down. There, there are no right or wrong answers here. It's just, um, it's the divine alignment test. It's for impeccable alignment. And um, yeah, it's something that uh, some of the best life coaches are using nowadays. And um, I think it's really insightful and helpful and can really help you tease out your your goals and um, whether or not you're actually going to be able to achieve those goals. And it's simple yet it's complicated, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right? So then they say, after you think about these things, you let your soul take the wheel. You follow spiritual guidance, no matter what you believe, if it's God or universal energy or inner light or any sort of your higher higher self self, yeah higher power you follow that guidance um you listen for that guidance and you're ready to be guided by either your own intuition or maybe external guidance so maybe that's the time that you contact someone like a life coach or um a spiritual or religious leader or um, consult someone, therapist, right? Or someone who, maybe someone who has already achieved what you would like to achieve. Because I bet they know how they got there. (laughs) Maybe they could give you some advice. Mm -hmm. All right. So, changing gears again. Okay, so everybody take a breath. Or yawn. (laughs) And we're going to go to our next question for Dr. Tyler about how people can pay for chiropractic and whether price really matters. So he says he believes that price does matter because whether we like it or not, we can no longer depend on our insurance to cover 100% of our chiropractic care. Most insurance companies in our area seem to cover between 12 and 40 visits with a copay. That simply means that you as the patient may be responsible for a certain percentage of your visits until those visits you contracted with your insurance provider run out. People in our office generally pay for chiropractor one of two ways, either on a monthly basis or they pay in full for their entire plan of services for the year. 
Either are always an option depending on individual preference. I believe that the price is directly related to the level of doctor expertise and the overall office experience, how your finances and time are managed, and how your customer service experience is. These people and added values all make up the cost of the adjustment outside of the insurance co-payments. Bottom line, when looking for a chiropractor, look for the experience you want and then see if the cost fits your budget. Do not simply call around looking for the cheapest without experiencing the office first. Final advice, you should not have to go into debt to see a chiropractor. They should be able to break it down into monthly payments to make it an affordable option for you, whether you have good chiropractic benefits or not. A good chiropractor who doesn't take your insurance is worth more than finding one that doesn't give you the experience you want, but at a lower cost. Uh, he says, I hope that helps everyone find the right place for them, not just to find Rebel Chiropractic, but to investigate and find an office that is surprisingly professional, caring, efficient, and refreshingly concerned with customer service, not just delivering the adjustments. So thank you, Dr. Tyler, for answering our questions about chiropractic and being a rebel and a buffalo. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for hanging in there with us, you guys. I hope you're finding this really um, interesting so far. We are going to start wrapping up, and what I want to do now is go through a little meditation with all of you. Now, again, if you are driving in the car, please do not do this right now. <laughs> Maybe pause the podcast or listen to this portion again later on. But um, you can listen to it and do it later as well. Um, but if you are sitting in a safe place and um, are able to close your eyes and be still for a minute, we are going to just take a deep breath and feel peace. And as a yoga instructor and practicer, <laughs> daily yoga practice person um i love this i just love to sit and breathe i think it's just so relaxing so let's just take a deep breath in through the nose out through the mouth and feel peace give yourself permission to tune into your desires Dream as big as you want. Think of yourself relaxing. Picture yourself relaxing in a beautiful place of true peace. How does it feel to be in that place, that beautiful place of true peace? Now I want you to think about how you would feel not being in that place, not having that feeling of peace, not being in that beautiful, perfect, peaceful setting. And I want you to see that longing as a 100-pound box sitting on your heart. How does your body feel? 
Now imagine the box being lifted and being wrapped in unconditional love, being wrapped in a huge hug of love. The arms of that love have removed the 100 pounds from your chest. So make an offering of this desire, this desire to be at peace in this beautiful place, at your beautiful destination. Make an offering of that desire. Say, take this and make of it what you will. Make me a vessel that fulfills me and serves others. You have surrendered. Peace, not mania, leads to inspired action. Take a deep breath and feel that air, that oxygen in your chest. How do you feel right now? So we have just offered up our expectations, offered up our desires and let them go. And I feel like this quote is really poignant. This quote is by someone named Tosha Silver, and she says, the wind of reaching for the feather is the wind that blows it away. When I heard that, I just thought that was like a thousand words wrapped up into one sentence, like so much wisdom there. The wind of reaching for the feather is the wind that blows it away. So here we are in this daily grind of striving and hustling and people call it the grind and busyness, working so hard toward our goals, which isn't always a bad thing if you are impeccably aligned, but um, we can get really wrapped up in hustling and being busy for the sake of being busy mm -hmm. and we always get a result but we don't always get the result that we want if your result is always the opposite of peace feeling stressed and anxious and never enough then offer up your expectations let them go and let divine will wrap you in love and realign yourself with your vision and I think the the path will be made clear and that's something that I have to do 
pretty often. <laughs> you know, I think um, it's healthy to admit that we get off track sometimes and it's uh, good to, to re-examine and stop and look at, take a look at where we are and look at our map sometimes and readjust, readjust our sails. Thanks for listening to the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast. Do you know someone who could benefit from the information you just heard? Share the love by sharing this episode. Want to connect online? Check out thrivetribe419.com to leave a review or check out more episodes. You can also join the conversation by searching for Thrive Tribe 419 on Facebook or Instagram. See you next time. Keep thriving.